0: Don't talk too much.
1: Just talk a little
0: bit. You don't eat much. You don't talk much. <laughs> I'm just listening. This is the Just Listening podcast with pizza artist Eric John. everybody and welcome to the show today this is just listening i am eric john and before we get into it of course let me tell you about the best artisan soda in the entire world that's yacht club soda go to yachtclubsoda.com today and check out all the amazing flavors they have they've got blue raspberry orange cream lemon lime root beer uh, regular cream they've got a great uh, pale dry ginger ale that i just love You got to check it out. Go to yachtclubsoda.com today. They use real cane sugar. It comes in the glass bottle. None of this uh, high fructose corn syrup uh, crap. So go check it out. It's the real deal. I've been drinking it my entire life and nothing beats it. So go to yachtclubsoda.com today and order some now. Uh, Also, uh, before we get into it, of course, I want to tell you I've got some new pizza art coming out. uh, As I'm um, recording this uh, tomorrow, actually. I uh, will have some brand new pizza art coming out. So please go to at Eric John art on Twitter and at uh, Eric John pizza art on Instagram to check out that new art. I'll be releasing it to uh, new art regularly now going forward. Uh, you know, now the kids are back in school. I've got uh, some more time now. I can be making some pizza art and I'm going to be making it. Um, and of course, new NFTs coming out uh, in 2024 uh, early sometime in the winter. So uh, look out for that. Um, and uh so in speaking of nfts on the show today um uh, someone who's collected my work um who's collected a lot of people's work uh in the nft space and um runs a lot of great uh, twitter spaces and um he's one of the most positive uh, figures um that i've encountered in the nft world especially now during this downturn you know it's there's a lot of negativity but uh this guy just always keeps it positive so uh without further ado uh, the, the famous, the amazing block muse. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor for me to be here with you. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's been a while and I love catching up and, uh, engaging in, in these opportunities. So it's an honor for me to be here with you today.
0: Oh, that's very kind of you. and Thanks for coming on. Um, I'm really psyched to talk to you because uh, as I said in the intro, I feel like, you know, especially now in the in the sort of bear market, for lack of a better term, in the NFT space right now, there's there's really is a a ton of negativity and a bit of a depression. Um, And I feel like you're you're one of the most positive voices out there Um, and you're super optimistic. So I think. The first thing I want to ask you is with all the pessimism going around about NFTs w- what makes you still so optimistic
1: <laughs> Well it's it, it I, I'm I'm sort of a path of least resistance guy so far as opportunities and I've always said this and you know me that I've always said this over the years is see a gap and fill it and this space is so full of gaps it's it's ridiculous and um, so for me, it's always been ready to turn or pivot. So as a, as a child, I fixed my first computer when I was 10. Uh, I loved, I spent my career taking apart computers, but I went through that side of it, um, taking apart computers. And I then became fascinated with the human condition. And bringing those two together, this convergence and this point has been so, uh, it, it nearly feels like, you know, when you're in a moment, you feel like you were built for this moment. And so oh, the absolutely. convergence, yeah, 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 the convergence of those two have come together to this point. Now, I have not, you know, I, I think experience is one of them greatest things that we can talk about, and, and if we have experience, we can bring something to the table. So I was through the bust and boom of the '90s, when you could have uh, bought Microsoft on pennies for the pound, and. You know, so I've been buying up metaverse properties for pennies on the pound because obviously the metaverse is dead. Uh, Long live the metaverse. And so I've, I've sort of true experience. And so I'm looking at opportunities. So what I do is I put my technology goggles on. I put my human condition goggles on. And then I look and see where we're going. And the increments that I see happening, like if you take your Apple iPhone, Nobody could have gone to today's iPhone from zero. So Apple had to bring them in these little increments. And these increments are what we're going through at faster speed than then. So this space is so fast. These increments, you you see, you can't introduce something way down the line like uh, metaverse technology without bringing people on the journey. And that's where I am spending a lot of my time now is preparing the metaverse side of things for when these increments catch up. And so while people are crying um, and stressing out and like you said the word there in the introduction, NFT. And I think language is something in society that is so captured by a society and used and manipulated and abused. Like I love fine art. I love pizza fine art i love loads of fine (laughs) art but if you google nft you'll see monkeys and apes and shiny spinny thingies but you won't see fine art and so even having to isolate that is a key component so while people are in this i've coined a phrase i call it the post -monkey, monkey apocalypse and we're in that phase which means there's opportunity now for something to rise out of those ashes and that's where I love looking down the line, not looking at where we're at and, and crying into my into my uh, spilt milk. I, I, I look at where we're going and, and I try and aim and I'm always doing that. And that's where the positivity is a requirement, because if you're going to uh, park and have a pity party, um, then you need to go back from the cutting edge of where we're at. And go into the mainstream and wait for the adaptation and the, let 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 others fail and try and fail and try, and then stay there. and And we're all different. That's not we all don't have to be on that edge, trying to see where it's going. You know, we're not all built the same.
0: What what role do you see the metaverse playing? In, like in in society at large. Let's say like twenty years from now. Like what if you look into the future, what do you see?
1: Okay, well, I can answer that in parallel. Do you remember the first MP3 player?
0: I do. Yes,
1: then it started to merge into a phone. Then it's Now it's part of us. It's become symbiotic nearly, uh, having your phone and your, your relationship with it. Well, it's a way better version of that, where you are going to see digital content go mainstream. And what I mean by that is right now I have a wonderful um, Eric John pizza uh, NFTs in my collection (laughs) that I can put on a frame on a wall, like a digital frame or on a TV. I can look at it on my phone. I can maybe print off on some, you know, uh, material and and hang it. But what else? Well, when you bring in the metaverse experience, or as I say, the experience, and you... Position those artworks aesthetically in the background of a setting, looking across a lakeside, positioning a couch at the right angle and letting somebody sit and see not only that artwork, but the aesthetic position of it, immersing yourself in all of these moments. This is where I live and I'm talking to people saying, one day you will sit on this couch beside me. Because I see that and I see their reaction. And anybody I've had the opportunity to do it, they go, wow. And so it's going to bring a lot more into mainstream of capabilities. And the the difference being is that for creatives, you can create with an easel, you can create, you can paint whatever you like on that easel. What if that was your world that everything around you? Yes, digitally. Yes, slightly disconnected from real life. But it looked like that. And then your easel now is not just on a piece of canvas. It is the whole environment you find yourself immersed in. And you are only limited by that. And so I see that. I see it clearer than anything. It's the steps. It's the onboarding. It's the curve. It's the accessibility of the technology, the pricing, all of these that historically, as we see in markets, um, a, a classic um, play. And so I'm just watching this play out before my very eyes and, and enjoying that process.
0: I mean, I, th- I think you're totally right. I th- you know, and I think that people always have a hard time looking into the future. And I think in, in seeing, you know, the, the potential of a particular technology, even something like podcasts, you know, what we're doing right now, podcasts were around for quite a while before they really started to, uh, to catch on and explode. Um, you know, people like, uh, Tom green, uh, you know, it was someone who was really on the forefront, Adam Carolla, uh, you know, even Joe Rogan, when Joe Rogan started doing his podcast, yeah. um, he did it for many years before anybody paid attention, um, to it at all. Uh, people think he just was immediately successful. It's not the case. Um, and now there's, you know, th- there might've been 50 podcasts at the time and now there's probably 5 million or maybe even more. I don't even know, but it's in the millions, obviously. <laughs> You know, and I think about also the internet. You know, just in general, articles and Time Magazine and things like that, talking about how the internet is dead. You know, when you had the tech, the tech bubble bursting, and you know, it's, it just reminds me of what's going on right now with crypto and, and NFT. And you know, oh, NFTs are dead. And and you know, I I just I the metaverse, I think, is so fascinating to me because it's an aspect of all of this, and it's an aspect of Web three that I think people have a really really hard time grasping, and I think it's because it's so new. And and I could totally see like 20 or 30 years from now, it, it's not going to be something people have a hard time grasping. It's gonna like it's like the internet today. People don't have a hard time grasping right. the internet yeah. today at all. Um so one thing I, I think I'm wondering too is you know you mentioned art and fine art and aesthetics. And you know one thing that occurs to me and it's a classic criticism of of NFT is that um you know anybody can Theoretically, take images of my pizza art and put it in their metaverse space, or put it in, put it on their digital frame, or whatever. Um, you know, d- do you feel like as a collector that there there has to be more to the NFT than than just the aesthetic?
1: Well, it, it it goes to route one. Route one is that the connection between the artist, like when you go into a store and you buy a CD and you know it's from. An artist who has probably signed off their rights and most of their life for uh, a little bit of a cut of what they're actually generating in actual revenue. Now, when you can go directly to that artist and have an a, a signed exchange and a digital record forever more, saying that this person has digitally exchanged, um the transfer of this art piece to this other person. And we know there's bootleggers. We know there's everything. That's, that's, that's always going to be there. But the exchange in the annals of history, we don't get to choose what is going to be the, the the shining examples of these movements. But let's say your pizza work became one of those and they start studying the history. And, you know, how many people have a copy of the Mona Lisa on their phone or anything like that, but there's right. only one sitting? How many people know that the, will know in time that the, the person who bought those works on a digital exchange was BlockMuse who bought from Eric John? And there it is in the annals of history. People can copy and take pictures and photos. They're doing it all the time. Nothing has changed. But ultimately, it's those who gather around the foundation of it the culture of it the experience of it the whole market of it all of the factors that come in within that grouping doesn't stop anybody else from doing anything else but they're not part of that core and potentially um that acknowledgement in the annals of history
0: you know i think that's i think you're right the connection to the artist the connection between the collector and the artist and all of that is so is so important you know and i think that's why when i was First, starting out, um, you know, when I did that series, the, the so for people listening, the the series of portraits that Block Muse collected from me was my musicians that died too young series, and these were like the first giant pieces of pizza art um, that I've ever made, and and they're still to this day of one of only a handful of giant works of pizza art I've ever made, and one thing that was like I, I just felt was special for me to be able to offer. To any collector who happened to get them was something personal, and so that's why you know I offered um, to whoever collected them. In this case, obviously, it was you. Um, you know, my services, for lack of a better term, to to create some pizza art that was personal to you, um, that you wouldn't ordinarily ever be able to get. Right, so um, we we were able to collaborate on these amazing works, um, and you can check them out if you go follow Block News on Twitter. Um, and we'll, and we're, we're going to do a whole bunch of plugs right at the end too, where you can find out where to follow block news. And you should, because, um, if you're into crypto and NFT and web three and the metaverse at all, you need to be following block news. He's, he's just one of the best. Um, but you know, I did, um, uh, what was it? A D gen, um, it was an alien, Yes. Um, that you had collected that you were had been using for your PFP for a long, long time. And then also something that, uh, a piece that was very personal to you. Um, um, there was a, an image of, uh, was it, I'm not sure if it was, yeah, it was your it was brother. My
1: sister's, my sister's um, husband and her child that lasted 30 minutes outside the womb. Right. And right. Uh, to me, when I collected those three pieces, which is those three works from that series... Ultimately, when I knew I was going to get an unlockable, to me it was like my mind went to that moment. Yes, they died too young, but this unlockable piece, a fourth piece, that to me was like had to be in there as well. So, so we did that, and and I think I now I'd love to see somebody else stand to correct us from this, but I think it was a, a first in the NFT digital art movement where that unlockable from you was then requested can we collaborate on my poem that i yeah, wrote yeah, yeah. with that piece so i think this was a first in nft history wow where the unlockable amazing. became a collaboration and that fourth piece became a collaboration between you and me that sits in my wallet and will ever um be in the generations uh, to go um as a as a mark to that moment as a mark to uh, acknowledging um my sister's pain and All of those experiences and the layers upon layers that is not missed on me in all of that when I could see it from that point and to see it materialize and now to be building locations in the metaverse where these works will be uh, hanging and people can engage and that's not all. But I'm the 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 main metaverse uh, company I've sort of put in with. I'm not a metaverse maxi. I think they'll all be joining in. But Somnium Space I work very closely with uh, now. And in Somnium Space, shortly, and this this is going to sound very dystopian, John, but, but uh, <laughs> is 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 that I actually work with. Um, I'm working with them. I'm going to be beta testing this next revision of their metaverse experience where there was a live forever mode where I'm going to be able to be recorded in my movements within the metaverse, a buy in option and all of my movements, all of my personality, all of my quirks and qualms will be there and I will be recorded. And I will live forever in that Metaverse experience. Oh, that's
0: so interesting.
1: So, so imagine for a moment where 100 years from now, those works of yours are on the wall in the in, in one of my Metaverse buildings. And then somebody walks in and there is a quirky uh, Irish uh, poet collector uh, in uh, this digital experience with all of the personality traits, quoting, sharing poetry, telling the story of these works. Somebody, and and that's this is amazing. where this is where I live. This is this is what motivates me to to seek technologies and and opportunities like this.
0: And you know that's such a vision. I mean, it, again, it's so funny because when people like you look forward in this way and are able to articulate it so clearly um, in in a way that even someone like me can understand um and grasp. It makes me almost go backwards. Like it makes me think. Like imagine if we could see video of you know the moment when the person who commissioned the Mona Lisa or the painting of the Sistine Chapel was was you know having a, an event or an interaction with Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo, you know, and and that moment is captured for all time. And in, in this instance, it would be obviously. It's it's not. a a, a physical world meeting but you know it's still it's still a real time meeting um an event in the metaverse and that's uh, the the idea of having it recorded and of course existing forever on the on the blockchain is i mean you're right there is something sort of in our own brains right now that might think that's dystopian but it is pretty amazing and remarkable and, and, and sort of beautiful, too, if you think about it in, in a in a with a little bit of a more fourth dimensional um, outlook um, and, and what this kind of thing, even for family members. I mean, imagine being able to go back and look at your grandfather, you know, um, working at his job or something and being able to see a glimpse of that, you know, but you, you're seeing it in, in the metaverse. Um, and of course, I, I'm sure the metaverse, if it ever teams up with AI in a powerful way, it'll it'll. Be almost indistingu- indistinguishable from from reality in terms of what we see. It is. Um,
1: it is. There's what are you, What are your
0: views AI. on AI?
1: Well, you
0: see, it's a
1: lot of like one of the things you just say is technology evolves. Oh, we lose our jobs. Yeah, there will be jobs that will go, and there'll be possible jobs that are created. But the the one thing that you probably will see in the digital art world is going back to your um, your uh, Da Vinci example is art historians are going to find it very hard to tell uh, people in the future what the artist was thinking when you can go, oh, well, let's just see what he was saying digitally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so there, there's a lot of concerns within AI. Now, what I will say, I'm a roots guy. So you can make different arguments that a lot of people in the digital art world have been making. And intellectual property being one of the big ones that, you know, my my creations, my artworks are in a soup that the AI machines are pulling from and generating art. So my brush stroke is somewhere there. Not, I'm not a painter, but I'm a poet. But, you know, my words, anything, style, is all getting recorded and caught into this collective soup that generates something from a request in AI. And I think that's something that has to be addressed in that. Now, using AI, leveraging AI, and using the technology of AI to assist is a different story and um, you can use AI independently so you're not going out into the global soup and pulling something from others that have been there that haven't been uh, financially supported because we we have to make sure that all creatives are supported but I could take all of my repertoire all of my notes all of my poetry anything that I've done creatively in an independent local AI engine that I only own And I can put all my work in there and let it do everything to create more for me or assist me. And so the root of it, I think, is more the argument than the sort of on the edges of any other sort of debate. I think that's a critical component. So, yes, AI assisting us, AI um, helping us. um, When it goes into, you know, the robotics, the mechanics, the other stuff, then you start getting into some pretty deep waters that that have yet to be um, explored. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but I don't think we can park it in the back of our minds either because of the advancement in technology. It's definitely something that has to be discussed is the empowerment of AI in a physical world. So that would be one of my biggest concerns as well.
0: Yeah, you know, that's interesting about the, the idea of having like an internal... Uh, AI that only pulls from stuff you've created. It sort of makes me think of, um, you know, some someone someone who has a team of writers. Let's say, you know, who who writes th- like like a like a late night talk show host, for instance, who has a, like a team of writers that write jokes sort of in their style. You know, um, that they then read on air. Well, I mean, they could easily use an AI to say, "Write me ten jokes in the style of." Jimmy Fallon, you know, or whatever, um, wh- whoever it might be. Um, and this AI would be able to generate and pull from, uh, you know, the entire encyclopedia of Jimmy Fallon late night jokes, um, and pull up 10 original jokes that are in that style, um, without needing all of these writers. And so I think you're right. I think, you know, there's always going to be jobs that new technology, uh, eliminates. But I mean, you know, there used to be people that ran switchboards at, you know, at telephone companies and yes. would plug one cord into, an, you know, they, those jobs don't exist anymore. Right. But then there's other jobs than that at cell phone companies and things like that. So it is, you know, it is, there's always a give and a take. And I, and I think that you're right. I think anyone dismissing the technology outright, and I think anybody's welcoming it totally As well, without any sort of questions, I think either either way you're kind of missing the mark. So I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Talk a little bit about your your metaverse spaces and what you're trying to do with them.
1: Well, it's 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 really for me like I, I was I very early had a picture in my mind of what I wanted to achieve, and I sort of was getting a sense that this might happen quicker than I hope, and and it has because like in in Twitter spaces where a lot of us um, hang out and a lot of the core of the digital art movement that I've been involved in since really early 21, that social audio movement that many who might be listening on this podcast aren't aware of because it's not very high traction in, in a global sense. But inside in that, experience is a mono signal that is less quality than people are listening to this podcast today owned by a billionaire and has awful trouble starting and stopping and you know people getting what we call rugged which is just kicked out of the rooms and that's sort of the little gritty underground digital art movement in this pocket of time that we're in and so i've always had the vision of us not doing that, but being inside in a metaverse experience with stages, with your VR headset on and, and getting to engage in all of that and getting to perform, getting to do my poetry on stage. And, and I, have, uh, I have had the, the joy now. I've, I've, I've recently had uh, a, uh, the Bard Block Cafe built, which is a full VR experience. Uh, it's a web experience at a lighter level for people who don't have VR headsets or, or or anything like that. And on Saturday nights now I've started testing where I live streamed our artist on Twitter community show inside in the metaverse on a digital screen where the audio from that is streaming into the room if anybody is in the metaverse experience while I'm live streaming. And I tell you Eric I've got I've put down, so many i have a schematic of how i'm managing the audio through boards and everything even the somnium space folk were coming over saying how did you achieve this and and i love these <laughs> yeah, challenges for but for me it's the idea that somebody could come in and they do I've, I've had some last saturday walk in they push the button on the screen and they can tune into the show The Twitter spaces, artists on Twitter community, we have about 50-something thousand members of the community now uh, on our communities, Twitter communities, and we have uh, several hundred who come through the room on a Saturday night. I'm here, like, remember the movie Minority Report? Yeah. And and he's he's, uh, controlling all the screens and moving his fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm live streaming this, just testing. I'm not really showcasing it as much, but I'm live streaming this on YouTube on a Saturday night, just testing it out and getting familiar from within the metaverse. I've all these invisible screens that nobody can see while I'm live streaming with one of my alien avatars and uh, and I'm in all my audio is inside in Twitter spaces talking and all that audio has been fed into the metaverse at the same time with visuals of me clicking on people's profiles. And it's 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 really it, it's supremely nerdy, but to get to the end of that, the goal. Is to showcase the on-ramp of digital art and, and showcasing that, and, and social audio, and hanging out, a lot of what you see in the metaverse right now is um, oh, look, shiny, spinny thingy, and, and, and no content, no right. sort of bringing people in. And how can you really engage? Like as if you were hanging out in a in a in a beautiful um, nighttime uh, club with artists and poets and. All of that, I, 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 that's my goal. I want to see that experience um, come to fruition in the metaverse.
0: You know, it's funny you say it's really nerdy, and it's like, yeah, like of course. I mean, I, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago that you you had to be really nerdy just to create a web page, and now, you know, <laughs> right. if you if you can afford a WordPress account or whatever, you can build a website in ten minutes with absolutely no real technological experience with electronics or or web design or anything uh you know anybody can do it literally that's it's that user friendly now um do you think really when it comes to things like mass adoption um it it really does come down to like it just needs time for it to become more you know more user friendly to where you know the auto mechanic can do it simply and easily without having to have all of this knowledge
1: it is. It's, it's, it's completely that because, you know, um, there's a there's a psychological uh, sort of a phenomenon that uh, Apple is well aware of that you bring people in 3% increments of change. So to get from your MP3 player to your full-blown iPhone without even thinking about it now, they were all little 3% increment steps. You go past that. So we did this with the first time the metaverse released at a booming crypto market and everybody said, oh metaverse yeah yeah they, they couldn't even tell you what it is but it was popular let's invest in it and and you know we, we saw some of the biggest companies in the world rebranding their name after it the, it went from it went from uh, nobody to top heads of corporations wanting to own the name uh, and 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 so we saw that frenzy but you can't do that you didn't see apple do that apple knew three percent increments they were very smart and so these small little it's not sometimes first to market is best but but other times understanding the landscape and so i very much understand the increments and that's why i, I love grassroots i'm not too big into sort of who's the big players what's involved you know they they do their thing but for me i want to be able to try and facilitate this through the grassroots and and bringing people on a journey you know i'm, I'm talking to somebody in australia today about getting an on-ramp to getting a VR headset so they can sit on that couch experience and see this beautiful setting and ambience in a in in a build I have in the metaverse one at a time, they tell somebody else, they bring somebody else. And I love that grassroots because you can put on a VR headset and go into something and it's going pew, pew, bang, whoa, yeah, and it doesn't capture anybody. And that might be the first opportunity you have of bringing somebody in and so for me, it, the idea is at this very early stage of, of a real build towards a metaverse experience is taking people by the hand and, and, and doing it in, in a way that is accessible, but also where they can understand, you know, people will give to a vision quicker than they will a request. And so what I do is I, I vision cast that uh, opportunity that people can avail of that can easily be missed. And so it's, it's nearly like kid gloves at this stage for me, but it's, it's step-by-step.
0: You know, and I think that that's more responsible too. Like, I think a lot of people have this, um, this notion of, or this picture of, you know, an entire generation of people sitting, you know, on their couch with their VR headset on for, you know, 14 hours a day and never interacting with people, you know, in the physical world ever. And that's sort of a scary picture to a lot of people. And I think I think you're right. I think, you know, moving slowly and easing into a world like that, which I I think it's very possible that in 100 or 200 years that that's just what life looks like. You know, as weird as that might be to us, I think that anybody 200 years ago would look at today and think like we were all crazies, you know what I mean? But like, well, like we're used to it and you know, we've, we've, we've adapted to it. So I think the idea that it has to happen slowly um, I think is the, is just the more responsible, uh, more effective way for it to happen. So I think that makes a lot of sense. One thing I thought of that I, I thought would be a huge shift in terms of mass adoption would be, you know, if Apple, for instance, because you, since you brought up Apple, but if they if they made it possible for people to tie in their MetaMask or their um their cold wallet or whatever it, like directly into Apple Pay, where they could use their you know any crypto they wanted to basically to buy any item they wanted to real really, and then you know with Apple acting as sort of a middleman of, of performing the exchange, um, you know would something like that cause just just a massive shift?
1: Well, we have seen somewhat of that play out on the crypto side. Now, people who know me, I'm not, I, 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 I've been in crypto for many years, and so I don't normally in the space talk that side of it. But we have seen um, uh, digital um, uh, cryptos coming into places like PayPal. We do see companies like Amazon and others using like uh um, asset tracking in in blockchain technologies like V Chain and other aspects of it. And so, what happens is the very early on in the in the crypto world, before people even knew, when one thing happened or one piece of news happened, uh, the whole crypto market blew up. Now, when something even as big as a PayPal taking in a digital uh, crypto options, it it doesn't even spike the the market prices, um, when the SEC do something for or against crypto, it's not as big as it used to be. This is a healthy sign, and so yes, but I I think there's so much diversity in it now, and um, that it's a lot healthier. So you're not going to see people cornering, and the whole principle behind uh, Bitcoin was that it it there's only like 18 90 million Bitcoin ever. Will ever exist, and uh, some of them are lost already, or people can't access wallets. Right, and oh, so this culture, oh, in, yeah. this culture that we're in—yeah, <laughs> the culture that we're in—a nightmare. Now, it's it it is. It's 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 amazing, and so I think that the the liberties of Web three produce uh, presents for individualism for voice. um I always say, like passionate, not like minded, and that's where we can all that type of a vision we can all exist in. Whereas in the world to me is is a um, uh, echo chamber, and you what tribe are you in, and you have to have a divided house, and and I think that's where playing into all of this is the opportunity that affords us liberty in in many ways that Web two does not. And centralization, we know what way power goes when it's controlled uh, historically, and and so yeah, so I, I that's why I'm so hopeful. Um, in 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 my in my outlook as well on the on the wider side of that
0: yes absolutely and i think you know and just for people listening who might be skeptical skeptical of nft or web3 or crypto or whatever and i'm sure there are people who are oh. um and, and and even maybe people who aren't skeptical but they're just it just scares them a little bit because it's it, it is it is not super user friendly for the average person yet although i think one thing that's worth mentioning is that it just in the time i've been doing nft which is like i started i minted my first nft in i think may of 2021 so i've been doing it for you know just over two years two and a half years now and just in that time like when i first started the the idea of dropping like a collection like a big collection um even if it was just 500 different pieces um and having a mint page and all of that, like you had to know how to code. You either had to know how to code or you had to hire a uh, a developer for big money to be able to do it. And now, I mean, you can go on foundation and you can drop a collection very easily. It's not complicated and they do it all for you. And that's, that's just a two and a half year span. Um, it, the technology is advancing and becoming more user-friendly every single day. And it's moving very, very quickly, which is a good thing, it's a good thing. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about is you mentioned decentralization and liberty. I have a lot of libertarian types um, who listen to this podcast, and uh, there's a lot of people who are afraid that centralized powers will actually use blockchain um, to cramp down on liberty. Um, do, you, do you think, looking forward, which you're so good at doing, do, do you, what do you see happening? Do you see blockchain being co-opted? Or do you think that it's just the technology makes it just impossible to really do that?
1: Well, there's sort of there's the there's two compa- there's two main components to this. One is the human condition, and the other is the technology. Now, in the technology, um, we have uh, central digitalized currencies, CBDCs. Um, central bank digital currencies um, attempted throughout the world and even if uh, they haven't, they're all in the pipeline. And just from a technical point of view, understanding um, centralized uh, technologies or blockchain as, as, as many be familiar with, there's centralized blockchains and there's decentralized. Now, a centralized blockchain has an oracle That can control everything and that's what the sort of the negative ones that you don't really want to uh, see now a a lot of blockchains when they start they have to have that in case of technical technological problems or coding issues that's fine but it's the it's the decentralized ones that have so much opportunity so Bitcoin is is a decentralized uh, blockchain um, technology and you can have anything in the world set against it. They would have to take out the internet and the satellites. it's even the the chain is even on satellite. Uh, the blockchain is is on the satellite technologies even for Bitcoin. But you would have to take out all the web and control all the web and and have sort of uh, some blocking system. Now that's the technology. So you can technologically still achieve that currently, and that's the great hope in decentralized technology for all. However, The human condition is something that I've always been fascinated with as a collector. You know, they died too young, the emotion, all of those different things. It's what spurs the poet side of me, that I, that I spend a lot of time doing poetry now. And so the human condition can turn on the telly and be absolutely believing and trusting and have faith in what's coming across that screen. History shows this. And so minorities, good or bad, have had the um, ability to control the majority. History is, is strewn with that. And so the human condition and the trust in powers and authorities is something that I'm more worried about. There are many who are creating the technology with the opportunity for liberty, but there's not as many counteracting the mainstream um, programming of the human condition to make you uh observe the uh authorities and put all your trust in them and that's that's the unfortunate and that comes from a westernized culture and education system that goes back if anybody's interested, who's looking at it just studied the prussian model of education that was imported into America from Prussia, from then, you know, we know that Prussia later became Germany. They were all programmed to be subservient and respectful of authorities. We know how that went when Hitler came. And so all of that is is something I'm hyper-conscious of, but I'm more worried about the human condition than I am the technology that is available to uh, make this a a vision and a possibility.
0: You know, so much I think of what attracts uh, certain people to web three is, is anonymity. Um, you know, is this the idea of privacy? Of course, you know, The I would say the vast majority of people in web three and in NFT, at least on social media, um, are basically anonymous. Like they're not using their real name. They're not showing their face. And I've always said, like for me, um, especially if, especially if I was even thinking about you know, uh, investing in, in somebody. Um, I either want to know their real name or I want to see their face. Like one of the two, it doesn't have to be both. And you of course don't use your real name. Um, but you do show your face all over the place. So like for me, that's good enough. Um, how important do you think it is for web three to expand and grow for people to dox themselves? Is it necessary or do you think it's really not that important?
1: I think it's, I think it's, uh, again, we come down to the human condition. I think it's absolutely critical. I think if you're, if you're going to engage, um, with an entity, um, that is unknown, um, that's super. Now I'm a high risk guy. I've got more I have today because of high risk. And, uh, but one of the things is that I always say, you know, um, don't, 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 um, Listen with your ears, look with your eyes. And that's how you judge where where things are at. And if somebody's hiding and not uh or they're they're not presented to you in a way that is uh, accessible, um, you're taking massive, massive risks. And because of the development in web three, it's anonymity. We like anonymity, but it, i I think there's a difference between um when you're getting to know somebody or or building relationships or investing. And I've had to learn that the hard way because I've had some challenges, some, you know, I, I always love to say if if there's an easy, if you could read a book of how not to get hurt and learn from it the hard way, I I I I think we'd all be buying it. But unfortunately we have to. And I've I've gotten hurt a few times and and had bad um experiences. But it helped me to grow and develop. And now the relationships and the people I work alongside in this space has been through that and learning. And I've, I've a lot of the people I'm closest to I've actually met in real life and, you know, um, flown over to, to locations and we, we've we met up. And so so it's a core, core component. It's a core, core component. And too many people go into this with their eyes sort of uh, just, you uh, impressed and fascinated by the opportunity. It, it, it is still Wild West, but the old principles are the same. And I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I'm in all this technology and the advancement of it all. But I'm a firm believer that there is nothing new under the sun. We sometimes think we have it all new and the generations that went before us knew nothing. I think that's our problem. And that's why society is the way it is, because they learn nothing from history. That old adage is my favorite. Those who learn nothing from history are doomed to repeat it.
0: You, know, you mentioned meeting people in real life. Um, how how important do you think in real life? And, and you know, I kind of almost don't even like the term "in real life" because you know, I, know. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I don't think necessarily that you know interacting with people on social media or the metaverse is, is necessarily fake. Uh, or not real life; it's just different. So I, I maybe saying the natural world or the physical world is a better way to say it. But how important do you think physical world interactions um, and, and combining that with Web three is? Like how, how it, is that something that's necessary? Is it maybe it's not necessary, but it really amplifies the Web three experience? Um, how do you see those the, the two different realms interacting and coming together?
1: Well I've I've sort of experienced both. There's 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 people I've met in the metaverse. And I've talked with them, we've DM'd, we've you know been on Discord and you know tweeted back and forth at each other. And I've put on a VR headset, met them in the metaverse and I was like going away saying Oh, I'm glad I met him. <laughs> and it was such a vivid experience that I actually felt like I've met the person. I haven't. And that's maybe slightly dystopian to some people listening. But one thing I will say is that when you spend a lot of time, for those who maybe don't start with the first meetup being, um, you know, in person, but they know each other for so long, when that meeting happens, It's nearly like there's been such a richness and it doesn't take away from what's gone before. But that meeting is enhanced by that experience to the degree that there's, there's elation, there's, there's so much, and it solidifies that experience because I'm, I'm hyperconscious that uh, even listening on a podcast right now to this body language is 83% of communication or something like that, but that, that amount, that high amount, we don't have it. And so it's nearly like somebody who doesn't have, if you're just talking or tweeting or in social media, you're not in that visual interaction, you miss all of that. So it's nearly like, how does a blind person tell the read of somebody? And when you're spending so much time in a social audio experience without the visual, you're, you're, you're being starved of that feedback. So when you get to meet in person, everything that you've suspected, um, your, your, your social audio spidey senses, as I say, can be affirmed or, 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 or changed in that meeting. And so it is a very important part. It's not necessary, but it is a very, very important part, and especially for relationships that you form um, and want to build uh, on subsequently.
0: You know, you're so, you're so right. You know, and it, it sort of makes me think about even what we're doing right now. I mean, you know, so for people listening, block and I are talking, you know, we, we don't have our cameras on, we're not looking at each other and it's just audio. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you miss interview as I learn to interview people and, and try to get better at it. Um, you know, it's never just going to be like it would be if we were sitting in the same room, like, even if we could see each other, right. And we could read each other's facial cues um, it's it's still not going to be the same as being in a room and having a conversation with somebody. Um, picking up on body language shifts, like you said, and and the conversation is just going to be different. It's going to be a little bit more static. Um, so it's a really interesting observation. You're wondering how does that get incorporated into the metaverse more and more as the technology improves? Um, do you do you like spending time? Uh, in the physical world, like going out into nature and things like that. I mean, you're a very poetic guy, so I have to. I have, I almost want to just assume that you must love nature and being out in the world.
1: I do. I do. And and this the studio I'm talking to you from now on 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 my home property has large bay windows all surrounded by beautiful nature on a on a lovely property. And uh, the the area that I'm in in Ireland is uh, what they would call poet country. And you know, I, I'm talking to you right now after a uh, being in a full contact in jujitsu um, last night. Uh, I do. I, I'm attending a jujitsu four times a week, and so my body is recovering from last night, feeling that sort of uh, contact with a few bruises. When I when I looked in the the mirror this morning and I saw, oh, there's a bruise on my shoulder that was from last night. And it was like, yeah, you know, it was real. I'm alive, and <laughs> and so yes, so those things are are critical in bringing it because I I'm a, I'm an observer of sort of the world, and I used to be in a uh, you know I've 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 a long background in sort of nearly when I was uh, a young young kid, I was on the boards in the Emperor's New Clothes, saying, look, look, the king is in his underwear, and I've sort of been that person. It was nearly a prophetic call of my life to call things out. So a lot of my observations are seeing wrongs or suffered wrongs or injustices or deceit and lies, and maybe not just calling it like it is, but poetically bringing people on a journey that might challenge them to think a little differently or even be, you know, stirred so much that they they may even do that. And that's why I go by the name Black Muse. The Greek word muse means to think. The Greek word A means not. Many of us spend our lives looking to be amused.
0: Oh, I don't want people so to put on a
1: headset and and um, and uh, switch their brain off. I want to put people who do engage in the metaverse to be immersed in thought and activity and um, uh, sort of influence and 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 uh, experience that that uh, engages them
0: man i love word i love words i love reading about like the origins of words you know and that's that kind of just blew my mind a little bit you know <laughs> like the idea that you know it's like someone who's easily amused it's like it's yeah it's really easy to get them to stop thinking like that's sort of what you're almost like what you're saying and uh that's that's just that's like that's so cool man i thank you for that little that little nugget there <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna take that because i I love i love doing that i love looking uh whenever i see a word i wonder hmm, where did that word come like where did that come from? And like looking up the etymology of it and the origins and, you know, what what does it really mean when you get down to it? That's really interesting. Do um, so you think just sort of a last question here? Do you think that going forward as more and more people start using the metaverse and more and more people are sort of tapped into the virtual realm that, um, experiencing the physical world and making sure that you get outside, you know, we've already seen even now this, the whole sort of touch grass movement, right. Is is, it's sort of a meme at this point. Um, Do do you think that that's going to become more important? And do you think that we maybe need to be better advocates for, Hey, you know, you really do have to make sure that you, you keep one foot in each, in each realm and don't, maybe don't dive too, too deeply into, the virtual realm because you might get lost there.
1: Oh completely, completely. And it's uh it's you know it is one of them things we we've many of us have seen the memes with VR headsets in real life or you know uh, all of those experiences but it's it's critical and the fundamental principles um of life of family of all of these things that we enjoy good food hangouts all of those things they can never ever be substituted by technology if they are then you know um, a lot of people say you know uh, 1984 um, uh, there's there's a there's a, a great meme that goes around It says, make a make a 1984 fiction again and uh, the, the the real one that I'm hoping that we never see is make matrix fiction again and so it, it's it's a real and present danger for people to get lost in technology and it, it it start it doesn't even have to go like oh yeah yeah we're talking about those vr headsets and metaverse experiences no it starts the minute you're having a conversation in a restaurant with your wife or friends and you're looking into your phone there's actually a term for it um when you're looking into your phone when you're when your spouse is talking to you it's called fubbing. I've had to discover that because I've I, I have been guilty of it. <laughs> I, I and,
0: uh, think I think most of us have, for sure. It happens to I think <laughs> to everybody. And I know it, me me and my wife, both of us do it from time to time. <laughs> it, it's just it hap- Yeah, it happens.
1: Yeah. And so Ob- it is, it's, it's, it's I'm, gonna, I'm gonna write fub- that one. Fubbing. Down. I think fubbing is the is the
0: term. Fubbing.
1: Where you, where you're looking at your phone and and uh, somebody's talking to you or your spouse <laughs> is talking to you. It's it's a real thing. It's okay. actually one of the biggest um uh, issues in in relationships. Would you believe uh, in in some of the top things? I've only discovered that recently. I, I I do love that sort of etymology and sides and words. I'm I'm fascinated. Thanks to my wife who, who who really developed my love for etymology.
0: Well, Block Muse, this has been a really fun conversation. I hope we can do it again sometime. And um, you know, you're one of the first people I encountered when I got into NFT and and when I knew absolutely nothing about it. Um, if it wasn't for you i never would have you know even thought about like get, you know getting one of those virtual gallery spaces or anything like that um and you've had a huge influence on me so so thanks for joining me please please let everybody know exactly uh how they can find out about your different spaces the the block cafe all that stuff your your youtube um show spaces um your twitter account just any information you have let people know
1: Oh well, everything is uh, centered around uh, blockmuse.io, so that's uh, blockmuse.io, and you can get everything there. But my main hangout or primary social media would be on Twitter, which is at blockmuse, and uh, and that's it. You'll you'll get everything from there and links off into rabbit trails if anybody's interested. Um, but yeah, as I always say, aim at nothing and you'll hit it every time. I just want to thank you so much, Eric, for uh, for the opportunity to. To share
0: this moment with you it's been a pleasure and i hope to talk to you soon thank you this is the just listening podcast i gotta go go where I mean, we just got it. i got
1: that thing i gotta go
0: with pizza artist eric john
1: uh, wait a couple of minutes we'll all leave together okay this way you don't go out like a bunch of hobos staggering out one at a time
0: please like share and subscribe